Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. But you know, he gets us through the troubles. Remember, he was on the boat sleeping in the bow when the waves were coming over the ship. They freaked out. He, he woke up. He said, geez, don't you care we're going to drown? What did he do? He spoke peace. With Pastor Jay Petty. And what happened? The water stilled. What happened? The wind stilled. That's peace. Not just in our hearts, but in our lives, around our lives, in our homes, where we work. We have the power to declare the peace of God. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. It's very important for you to understand that God provided his own offering for sin. He did. He provided his son, the Lamb of God, for the offering of sin for mankind so that anyone who would choose to believe in him could receive the benefit of that sacrifice. Now let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday sermon. Redemption's work. What is what, what is redemption's work? It's what what it's what redemption provided. Remember, when man fell in sin, he brought sin to everybody, and everybody died. Kind of a gloomy story, isn't it? You know, we're born for, to die, you know. But there's something in between sin and death. It's sickness and disease. The curse of sin. And the thing is, is that Jesus redeemed us from the curse of sin, redeemed us from sin, so that we could walk free. Now, so well uh, I can tell you right now everything that Jesus did at the cross is available to anyone who believes but those are seeds that we need to harvest out of our own heart we need to nourish in our own heart that these things are we need to wait patiently upon God to produce it through us and in us. Sometimes we get ahead of God. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Or present. He is revealing to us the redemptive privilege of enjoying his presence. Now what does that mean? I read that and you go, what does that mean? Well, what it means is this. That God is here. God is here. God is here. And he was always here. Always. And if you believe by faith in his son, he's always here. Scripture says, greater is he that is in me. Who's in me? It's the presence. It's the power. It's God himself is in me. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit where the Spirit of God dwells in me or in you. That is a covenant, redemptive purchase for every individual who receives Christ as their personal Savior. Ezekiel 48.35 says, All the way around shall be 18,000 cubics, and the name of the city shall be called, The Lord is there. And it's talking about Jerusalem at that point. That when this city was built, God said, I'm, this is the city that I'm going to dwell in. This is the temple I'm going to dwell in. 
Isn't it amazing that God chose this temple? That temple? To dwell in. He's in you. He's there in you right now. You don't have to go anywhere to find him because he's as close to you as you, you are to yourself. I think people struggle with the presence of God. Oh God, please come. Oh God, please do this. Oh God, God, I want to feel you, Lord. And the truth is, is that he's already in you. And you can feel him anytime. You begin to yield up those things that are in the way of filling his presence in you. What kind of things? Struggles of life. Lack of peace. Lack of joy. Trouble. On the horizon. Worry. Anxiety. All of those things have a tendency to push out feeling his presence, which is always in you. You have to begin to realize that no one can take it from you. The enemy just gets between you and him to rob you of the, uh, I don't want to say feeling, but really the feeling of God's presence around you. Matthew, here's what he says, Matthew 28, 20. I am with you always. Hey, say, that's me. Say it, that's me. No matter where I go, Jesus is with me, right? Right, he is, right? And this is what he's saying. Uh, um, I don't know where I'm at. I'm always with you, even into the end of the age. So from one generation to the next, to the very point at which Jesus returns to bring his church home, Jesus is going to be in the church. Who is the church? We are. We are the people of God. And here's the, the best part, Ephesians 2, 13 and 14. And now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to think about that. Jesus went to the cross. On his way to the cross, right? He stopped at the uh, bruising machine where they beat him in the face, right? They spit on him. They called him names. did all kinds of ugly things to him. Then they picked him up and they took him over to a post. And they took pieces of glass and metal and they whipped him. It pulled out flesh pulled out bone, it pulled out everything. And his back was nothing but a raw piece of hamburger meat by the time they finished with him. Then they took him from there and they nailed him to a cross. And then they pierced him in his side. All of that was a redemptive work for you and me. Each one of those things represents something that Jesus did for you and me. The blood brings us near to him. It's not you. It's his blood that draws you near to him. It's that blood that cleanses you, sanctifies you, washes you, and makes you clean, and brings you near to him. I think you've got to begin to see that. 
There's nothing that can get in the way of that because that's what he did. It's what he paid for for you. All the rest of it is that we, it's the way we feel or the way we think. But it doesn't change the truth. See? I'll read it again. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Who has brought near, I mean, who has made both one, breaking down the middle wall of separation. Now that's speaking to the Gentiles and to the Jews. That's speaking to each one coming by faith. And that thing that Jesus broke down to bring peace was the law. So no place where you go do you ever have to fear that God's not there. You don't have to live in any kind of anxiety or worry or fear. You can say, okay, God, you're here. Okay, God, lead me. Okay, God, I don't know where I'm going, but show me. Okay, God, speak to me. You know, that's really the truth about this God walk. He speaks through his word, and when we lean upon that truth, we can be be uh, very much dependable that he's going to do exactly what he says or exactly what he's accomplished for you and me. Wow, sometimes I'm telling you we feel so far away from God. It might be our own actions that make us feel that way. But you know the simple thing is repent. If, you, if you've done something you know is not right, repent. Ask them to forgive you. So one thing about the, the, the blood if we remember the Lord's Supper, this is my blood which is shed for you. This is my body which is broken for you. You know, every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me. What, did his, what was his body? His body was a body of sin for you and me. His blood was shed for you and me to keep us close to him. That doesn't change. First John, even if you do sin, repent. Don't, don't take a hold of it. Don't let it eat you up. Get rid of it. Remember, his blood, his blood is what brings you near to him. And that you can worship, you can do all kinds of things. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord our peace reveals to us the redemptive privilege of having peace. One, his blood brings him into our life, his presence into our life. Number two, his blood, his redemptive work, brings peace. What kind of peace? The peace of God, peace with God. Let me ask you a question. How many times do you walk full of anxiety, fear, in your day? Peace is the opposite of all of that. We really choose where we live or where we walk. That doesn't change the provision that God made through the redemptive work of the cross. His redemptive work, his chastisement 
brings our peace. He was punished so that we could have peace. When? All the time. But we let people and life and situations, we let our own fears rob us of the essence of what's been purchased for us. If you're a Christian, it belongs to you. As much as his presence belongs to you, so does his peace. It belongs to you. You're supposed to walk and live in it and enjoy it. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled. Let it not be afraid. Don't worry about it. God, whatever's going on in your life, is this too is going to pass. We, we freak out over the, the, the craziest things. We worry about the craziest things that never, ever happen. Should laugh a little bit. See, Jesus is telling us the secret to the whole thing. It's what he's already given to us. Isaiah, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Your peace came from him because he was chastised for you. He took, bought, paid for in full everything that you have ever done. It's his. And so when you look at this whole picture of what Jesus did for you, he did for you so that you could have peace in the midst of any storm that you walk in. Boy, that's amazing, isn't it? It can be howling out here. It can be thundering and lightning out here. The world could be falling apart out here. But in here I have peace. And that peace gives me strength to walk through the storm. This is a redemptive work that Jesus already did for you. You don't have to sacrifice it for anything or for anyone. Colossians 1.24, by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on the earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. That's what he did. See that word cross, the blood of his cross? I don't know where it's at. It's not up there. Oh, there it is. He made peace through the blood of his cross. Isn't that amazing? This has nothing to do with you other than believing that and walking in it. You know, when you walk in the Spirit, you're going to have to walk where the Spirit is. And one of the walks of the Spirit is peace. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. In other words, if I'm walking with God, I've got to walk in peace. I can't let the world rob that from me, as we often do. We get caught up in so many fears, and, and we don't even know what God's plan is. We don't even know where God is taking us. But you know what he said? You're going to have troubles in this world. That's what he promised. 
But you know, he gets us through the troubles. Remember, he was on the boat sleeping in the bow when the waves were coming over the ship. They freaked out. He, he woke up. He said, geez, don't you care we're going to drown? What did he do? He spoke peace. And what happened? The water stilled. What happened? The wind stilled. That's peace. Not just in our hearts, but in our lives, around our lives, in our homes, where we work. We have the power to declare the peace of God. Why? Because it's redemptively paid for. In full. It's yours. Why? Because you believe in his son. Period. There's no adds or subtractions from that. <coughs> <coughs> Jehovah Raha is translated, the Lord is my shepherd. Could I have some water? It's redemptive. Simply what it's saying is it's been paid for. You're a sheep. He's the great shepherd. He became the shepherd by giving his life for the sheep. Redemption. See what I'm saying? That's redemption. He laid down his life for the sheep. He went to the cross for the sheep. He went through the agony of the cross for the sheep. It's redemptive. It's paid for. You have a right to be shepherded by Christ. And you don't have to fear about anything. Why? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Isn't that amazing? If we will let him do it, that's what he'll do in our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. See, he will open the gateway for us to walk into greener pastures. He will lead us to the waters. Still, but you know, sheep won't drink from a raging river. It's got to be still waters. Isn't it amazing? We're about the same way. We need the food. We need the drink. We need the drink from the, the waters of living waters. And be quenched. That's what the shepherd does. That's where he leads us. He leads us to the food. To the restoring. To the renewing. To, to the wounds that, are, uh, that, that we have to heal them inward and outward. That's who the shepherd is. He watches over your life every day. You know, the shepherd never left the sheep. He protected the sheep. He protected them from the wolf, the bear, the lion. He, he, would, do every, he would get between them and whatever enemy was coming at them. That's who Jesus is. If we can begin to believe that and trust that, it's already been paid for. It's already in full. Amen, I mean seeds. Let's plant seeds. Let's get those seeds growing. Let's get them nourished in water. Be, and we nourish them through thankfulness and prayer and restoration of the word in our lives. Renewing our mind. Renewing our mind. Thinking the way God thinks. Instead of the way we think. God doesn't think like men. My ways are not his ways. 
My thoughts are not his thoughts. My ways are above his and my thoughts are above his. So if we're going to think, we're going to be renewed, we have to begin to renew our thinking to be in alignment with the truth of his word and nourish those seeds that he gives us. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Redemption. That's the price he paid for you and me so that he could be the shepherd of our life. You know, shepherd, if you look at Jesus' life, you can begin to see the kindness and the goodness and the grace that flowed off of him towards those who were around him. He loved them. He said they're like, they're like sheep without a shepherd. He fed them. He demonstrated to every one of them what the, the love of God was for one thing and what the love of God would do for them. He was declaring that I'm going to give up my life so that you can begin to experience the fullness of what it means to be shepherded by the great shepherd, Christ. It is amazing, I'll tell you, because God is good. Hebrews 13, 20, now may the God of peace who brought, you, who brought up the Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. That right there declares that being, that Jesus being our shepherd, right there declares it because of the blood, the sheep with the blood, of an eternal covenant cannot die. It goes from one generation to the next. It goes to one believer to the next. It won't be released from us at all. All we have to do is hold on. God expects us to move by faith, not by what we feel, not what's in front of us, but by what he says. If he says, I'm your shepherd, then depend upon the fact that he's going to lead you where you need to go. It doesn't mean that storms aren't going to come. It doesn't mean the wolf isn't going to be at your foot. It just means that he's going to protect you in the midst of it. And he's going to get you through to that place where he's taking you to feed you, to nourish you, to reveal to you, to show to you who he is. We've got a very dim picture of God. God is a relational God. Relational. You know what that means? It's like a man and a woman. Their relationship is relational. They fill one another. They love one another. They go out of their way for one another. God does that for you and me. And that's what the shepherd does. In Revelation 7, 17 says, For the Lord who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them. And lead them into living fountains of water. One day we're going to get to heaven. And Jesus is going to lead us to the fountain of life. And all the hurt and all the pain and all the grief are going to be gone. He's going to take away all the tears. He's going to wipe them away. He's going to fill us with joy of his presence. The peace of his presence. It's going to be so powerful in that place. It doesn't mean it can't be powerful here. It's just that we don't see it here. Because it takes a belief that God's got me. 
God's got me and he's taken me where he wants me to go. And I've got to trust him that he's going to get me there. I don't know where that's at. Neither do you. The shepherd doesn't tell you where he's leading. You just follow. You just go where he's going. And if you go where he's going, when you get wherever it is, you're going to have plenty of living water. You're going to have plenty of green grass. You're going to have plenty of whatever you have need of because he's going to ensure that because he is your shepherd. Yours. I'd say, but we get caught up so much in all the things that we're going through in life. I, I, I have to say this. So we let everything around us affect our relationship with God. You know, he didn't say that we wouldn't have temptation. He didn't say we wouldn't have trials. In fact, he guaranteed we would. But it seems like the moment we have them, start having them, we fall apart. God, where are you? What happened to you, Lord? Or we just say, well, we just ignore it. Or try to ignore it. It's not what God intended for us. He intended us to walk with him through everything and to trust him in everything. Sooner or later, after you go through whatever you're going through, God will lift you up out of that place. He will. He will give you new strength. He'll give you new vision. He'll give you new hope. He will lift you up until the next trial. Then you're going to have to go, you have to go through another trial. If anyone who's a Christian understands what I'm saying, life is not this easy, breezy walk. But it's got canyons. And it's got mountains. And it's got raging rivers. But if we follow him, he'll take us down the trail. He'll lead us up the trail. He'll take us across the waters in a very calm place. A place that we can't see. A place that we're not there yet. Come on, let's not, let's not fall apart. When we start to believe God, it changes everything. Okay, God. This is who you say you are. Father, this is what you purchased for me. Lord, I know I have your peace. Lord, I know I have your presence. Lord, I know that you are my shepherd. Lord, I know. I know that, Lord, so therefore I'm going to trust you no matter what the opinion of the situation may try to say to me. Quit believing it. We jump out in front of him. Oh, I got this, God. And then things fall apart. But you know what? That's part of the, that's part of the walk that we have to learn. Wait a minute. Whoa. I don't need to do this. I, I really need to get back where I need to be and follow him instead of thinking that I got this. Because when I think I got this, everything falls apart. When he's got it, everything works. It works perfectly. He takes me into a higher plane and a deeper walk and a deeper relationship with him. 
I think this is going to be the last one. This, I still have some more, but I'm going to do this one. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide an offering. And Christ was offered, provided for our complete redemption. Do you know what complete redemption is? It's everything that he paid for. Everything. His sacrifice of his life and his blood was enough to manage anything in your life. That's the important thing for us to understand. That no matter what it is, redemptively, it's paid for. We're just, not, we're just not redeeming it for ourselves. We're allowing whatever to rob it from us. See? That I can be free. I'm free to run. I'm free to walk. I'm free to dance. I'm free to live. For who? For Jesus. I'm free. But you see, if I don't understand how come I'm free then the devil can trap me up and trip me up and throw me down and give me a whirlwind of things. You know, most of the time when we go through a difficult place, what God really is after is for us to dig in, to find the truth, so that the truth will make me free of the situation that's holding me. That's really what it is. But you know what? We quit. We give up. Oh, God, why do I have to go through this? You know what? We're kind of like, we whine. Anybody in here whine? It's like my grandson. I don't want to do that. Hey! <laughs> you think adults don't do that with God? I don't want to go through this. But you're going through it for your benefit. When Abraham went up on that mountain to sacrifice his son, I don't think Abraham wanted to do that. But he trusted God. He believed no matter what he did, God, his promise was sure, was sure that through Isaac, God would bless him. So that, that's the whole thing, is knowing the will of God. Renewing your mind to we, what you know the will of God is. And when you don't know, to get in the Word and find what the will of God says about your situation. And start nourishing that and praising and giving God thanksgiving over it. Stay there until and stay there until you find victory. That's what it means. He provides. He provided for Abraham when he took his son up there. And his son said, Hey, hey, Pops, where's the uh, where's the sacrifice? Where's the where's the lamb? And what did Abraham say to his son? God will provide his own offering. It's very important for you to understand that God provided his own offering for sin. He did. He provided his son, the Lamb of God, for the offering of sin for mankind. So that anyone who would choose to believe in him could receive the benefit of that sacrifice. The cross that Jesus hung on is the same thing in the brazen altar and they tied an animal up and split him in two and took all his entrails out and burned them and then blah, blah, and uh, burn offerings and blood sacrifices and all the other things. That's what the cross represents to you and me. It is the atonement for sin. It is in the atonement 
that we have redemption for no matter what it is. If God paid for it, it's yours. Why? Because you believe in him. Quit letting the devil take you for a ride. Because that's what he's doing. Genesis 22, 14 says, And Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. As he, as he is said to this day, the mount of the Lord shall provide. God will always provide. What did Jesus demonstrate to us when he fed the 5,000 and the 3,000? What was it? They were out in the middle of nowhere. There was, nothing, there was nothing there except for a few fishes and a little bit of bread. And there was no place for them to go to eat. That he would provide. God will provide. A sacrifice, God will provide. Your food, don't worry about the things you know, because God will take care of it. The birds fly. You don't worry. You know, the river, they, they just live in their nests and they eat bugs and they just go through life. La, 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 la. Aren't you more important than the la, 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 la? Aren't you? Yes. Don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about where you sleep. If you trust God, God will provide. That's what the story is when Jesus fed the 5,000. And he blessed the food, right? And you know what? There were 12 baskets. And every time that basket would go empty, they'd come out and they'd dump more food in it. And dump more fish in it. And they fed 5,000 plus women and children. And you know how much was left over? Enough to feed the disciples. 12 baskets full. God doesn't leave anybody out. He doesn't leave those who serve out. He blesses. He will provide for your life. He will lead you to that right place. He'll put you in that right job. He'll lead you to that right person. He'll help you to raise your children. He'll help you in your life. He will lead you if you allow him. And you will trust him. That's who God is. <clears throat> Whom God's, in Romans 3, uh, this is the importance of the blood or the sacrifice right here. As soon as I get something to drink. I don't know why my throat's so sore. I mean dry. Romans 3.25 whom God set forth as a propitiation. What that simply means, the pleased sacrifice. In other words, the sacrifice that Jesus made satisfied sin. It was enough to cover it. It was enough to deal with sin. The propitiation by his blood. Through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Now, God is a God of faith. Let me tell you something. God, when God believes what he's doing, his son, he believed in sending his son for the, right, for, for the sin of mankind to produce in them 
the pleased sacrifice so that you and I could have a living relationship with him so that we could be near him in his presence all the time so that we could have his peace all the time so that he could be our shepherd all the time. The blood's enough. It sufficiently provides. See, Hebrews 2.17, Therefore, in all things he made, he made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. You didn't have any choice. You were born in sin. I'm sorry. I know that sounds strange, doesn't it? We are. When Adam fell, sin came to mankind. It wasn't your fault. And we have lived under the governance of it. But when Jesus came, he came to break that curse. And he's the only one who could. Because his blood was without sin. He was the righteousness of God. He was the one who was able to break the bondage and the chains of sin over mankind. He had the power to do it. The amazing thing, it's already been done. The problem is, is that we don't believe the truth. And because we don't believe the truth, we get to go for a long ride, being weighed down with the weight of it. But when we begin to rise up, and we get, begin to believe that I'm free, I'm free with that, I'm done with that, I'm not walking there no more. I'm not living there no more. And I don't have to. I don't have to walk under the, the power of it or the suggestion of it anymore. I'm free. Why? Because the blood was enough. The blood was sufficient. The blood satisfied the power of it. My Savior became that body of sin for me. He took everything that I could ever have done to the cross then he paid for it in hell in death and just like him I've been raised to a new life and so have you you really have you're free to live How you're free to live for him fully point taken Take the seeds that God's planted in your heart. Water them, nourish them. Let them come to the fullness and completeness of what God is doing in you. Let them produce that fruit in you, the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of peace, the fruit of His presence in your life. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.